Many of us dream of watching a professional sports game in the stands and then being called upon to save the day for the team. On February the 22nd, 2020, emergency backup goalie David Ayers did just that for the Carolina Hurricanes against the Toronto Maple Leafs in the NHL. It's my great pleasure today to chat to David and his wife Sarah about that moment, life and before and after the game, and how he's gone from being the man in the stand to the NHL's answer to Rocky Balboa. So it's a big Kiwi welcome to David and Sarah Ayers to the Coppuccino Podcast. Coppuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. So we start off with the what we call the speed round dedicated to speed, the world's greatest police movie, in my opinion. Sarah, who plays David in the movie? Oh, goodness. Um, there's been a bunch of people. Mark Wahlberg was one of the ones that they had put out there. Yeah, because I know he fancies Ryan Reynolds, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. So. I do too, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, win-win. Okay, David, <laughs> who plays Sarah in the movie? Everyone says uh, Charlize Theron, so that's Ooh. a good uh, comparison. That's good. That's good. Um, what's the one thing, Sarah, that you think of when you're here in New Zealand? And it's okay um, to think of nothing. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. You, you can't put me on the spot like that. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I have cousins out in New Zealand, and they brought me this little stuffed animal, and that's, what's the, I, what's that? No, it wasn't a koala. It was, I can't remember kiwi. the name of it. It's a kiwi. Yeah, yeah. A okay. Well, that's what With a big beak? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. David, what's the one thing you think of when you think of New Zealand? Uh, great accents and great oh, yeah, weather. Yeah, great cover. Good week. No worries. Uh, what is your coffee order? If we were in the patrol car and we were having coffee, what would you guys have? Well, Sarah drinks tea and I don't drink coffee, so I would be... Uh, He's a hot chocolate kind of guy. Hot chocolate, for sure. That's, that's a cheap round. That's all good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's been the best bit of COVID lockdown for you guys? Wow. Uh, yeah, I know I there hasn't been being, much. Being able to sleep in, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> What's been Living the worst part? Well, yeah, what's the what's the worst part of COVID lockdown for you guys? Spending every single day with each other. <laughs> As a married man, I hear. Uh, okay, all right, good. Um, Sarah, especially for you, what was the last tweet you sent? The last tweet I sent. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I don't know. Oh, there you go. She sent so many. I, you know what I do? I know that I do. <laughs> That's good. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Um, David, shootout time to win the final game of the Stanley Cup final. Who do you not want to face as a goaltender? Wow. Probably Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, either two. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say McDavid if it's me, so that's all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, Sarah, if David was going to have an entrance song, like most mm-hmm. of the NHL players do, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. It would be something country. Either yep. that or some 80s, 80s, uh, 80s rock. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with the hair bands. That's all good. No. Hey, what, song choose, what song would you choose for yourself? Oh, I think uh, it's got to be something from Luke Combs. So when I was in Carolina, I said Hurricane was the song I wanted to hear. So that was a good one. Nice. Good work. Okay. All right. How the heck do you become an e-bug in the NHL? Because like lots of New Zealanders... Your story got like a minute 30 on the sort of national news. It's like, oh, my God, this guy's come down from the stands. I think a lot of New Zealanders thought it's just sort of they've just randomly picked some guy from the crowd and he's come down. Um, so how did you – how do you become an e-bug for, in the NHL? 
I think that's uh, common. Everyone thought I came from the stands and just they threw pads on me, but it's been eight years. I've, I've spent eight years in the uh, Maple Leafs organization, mainly with the Toronto Marlies. Yeah. So I've been on the ice with them, and then all of a sudden, you know, the GM of Toronto, Kyle, ends up going, he was with Marlies and he was with the Leafs, and the rule came out, and uh, they knew me because I was on the ice with them all the time. So they knew I could handle going in there, and they just asked me if I would uh, be up to doing it. So I did it for the last three years. Sweet. And uh, obviously you get free tickets to go and see the game, I'm guessing. So there's yeah, a they give me a pass. They give me a pass to get in there. It's not yeah. bad. No, that's a, that's a good start. Hey, Sarah, obviously you guys are massive Leaf fans, and I'm going to get the name of your hometown wrong. Is that Caledon? Um, oh, I read it. oh, Caledon. That's, yeah, that was, yeah, Caledon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you said you were going to, you'd never ever cheer for anybody else unless your husband was a Nick. And, and that in your local newspaper, which I completely understand. Um, how did it feel cheering for the Hurricanes? I didn't think I ever would, um, but as soon as soon as he got on the ice, as soon as I knew it was going to happen, it, my uh, my loyalty lies with Dave. So um, it was a no brainer at that point. It did hurt a little bit. It stung a bit to uh, to not want the Leafs to win, but uh, I think after the first two goals went in. She started cheering for the Leafs, anyways. So. <laughs> I got to be honest, I. Uh, I follow the NHL on uh, their app, so I get the games live and everything else. And I was watching right. the game live, and I'm like, yeah, man, this is awesome. This is like a real Rocky Balboa story. You go, man. And the first two went in, I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. <laughs> but well done, Dave. I really love it. Uh, do you ever get sick and tired of the Zamboni driver angle? Because the way that they make it sound, it literally is kind of like Rocky, you know, going into the meat locker and punching the, the, the rib, and that's pretty much it. And look, we all know, um, I know because I've seen Zambonis in Canada, there's only so long you can drive a Zamboni before the rink's done. So you can't spend yeah. a lot of time doing it. You get sick of it. It's usually 10, 10 minutes and you're, done, and you're off the ice, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't even my full-time job. Everyone uses the Zamboni because everybody likes the Zamboni in Canada. If you yeah. hear the word Zamboni, like little kids are attracted to it, everyone's attracted to it. So obviously if they throw a Zamboni goalie out there, everyone's going to read it. So yeah. if everyone reads it and they take something positive out of it, I'm fine with that. Sarah, that Twitter, and I quote the newsobserver.com, that profane, profound colloquialism, just great. And as Dave said after the game, you blew up Twitter with that. You said that you don't think Dave gets how Twitter works. I see he's on Instagram now. Do you think he gets social media now or not? Um, I know he won't get a Twitter account because he doesn't. He, that's not him at all. I think even Instagram, he's a little bit thrown off by he always said he wouldn't but the agents have they asked him to get it so uh it's good like he he's doing well with it yeah, his yeah. his whole goal though he's I, how many followers are you at uh 6300 right now yeah so his whole goal is to beat how many followers i have on twitter uh, and so it's, like, it's a little bit of a war right now yeah, good luck with well, it. she's had, had like a 10 year head start yeah, I'll, I'll do your favor afterwards. When we do the podcast, I'm like, David Ayers would really love it if you go and follow his Instagram account. All right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So after that game, it's an absolute whirlwind. But there's dozens of interviews. Um, I'm sitting there watching Cole Bear and next thing you know, hang on for a sec. Holy heck. Uh, you've got James Corbin ringing you. You've got press interview after press interview. And I remember seeing the, the TMZ piece that they did where they ambushed you outside and you just looked shattered. You were just like, man, just if I could just hop into a taxi cab and have five minutes to myself. Um, is it still that crazy or has it calmed down a bit? 
let's calm down. You know, the funny part with the TMZ is I had no idea who this guy was. He looked like just a raggedy kid holding a video camera from 1980 in my face. And I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. And it turned out to be the TMZ guy. And I guess that's their style, putting it undercover, right? So no one knows who he is. But um, yeah, it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but there's always something every day. Like I, yeah. I'm doing a lot of stuff with the Kidney Foundation and the St. Mike's Hospital where I had my kidney uh, transplant done. I just did a thing with them today. So uh, there's always something coming around and something to do. So it's been good. Yeah, I saw your story on Instagram. There you go. There's another push for it about how um, people who have uh, had kidney transplants or got kidney problems, uh, problems in COVID, which is what I'm going to say to you as well. You... Obviously, that's a real big push for you. And I'm an ambassador for Children's Hospital over here as well. And I don't think most people actually realize how not difficult it is to get a kidney transplant, but the life-affecting change it makes. Um, how did you find out that you needed a kidney transplant? Uh, I was just sick so many times. Uh, and I thought, obviously, it was the flu or a stomach bug or something. And then uh, I remember being at my parents uh, for Thanksgiving dinner. I basically passed out standing up. I was so sick. And I went to the, the emergency room and they did some blood work. And next thing you know, they're coming back saying, you need a kidney transplant. And obviously you're in shock, but yeah. me being the guy that I am, I'm like, okay, so what do we do next? Yeah. And that was my thing. My mom was the same way. My mom's like, well, so how do I get tested? And how do I uh, be a donor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just had the positive outlook on it. And that's all you can really do at, at that point. That's a Leo trait, Sarah, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's always, it's always sunshine. It can be stormy and raining and we're like, Bring it on. It's all good. So, oh, yeah. Dave, you obviously come from a family, and I say this as an ex-field hockey player, as a goalie um, of God's people. That's what I call goaltenders. Your dad, Bob, was. Your brother, Chris, is. Do you think yeah. it takes a special type of breed to be a goaltender? Oh, 100%. I think, uh, obviously, the way I was put into it is my dad and brother, like you said, were, were goalies. And they're like, we're not buying you players' equipment. We've got goalie equipment sitting here. Just throw that on and get out there, right? Yeah. So, and then my brother being four years older than me, him and his buddies would play road hockey. And who do you think had to go in net? Me. So I was just kind of born into it, right? And uh, you, you don't know anything else because that's how your family is. But I love it. I wouldn't change it for a thing. I laughed and laughed when I read the story about you coming home and looking at bruises and going, yeah, that's a save and that's a save. That was me exactly. I'm like, take off your chest plate. And it's like, check that one out. That's a save. And it's other people yeah. looking at you like you're some sadomasochist. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you were for a wee while there you were like David's sort of semi-agent um, doing everything and trying to get everything sorted what what was that like for you because I know that you've got a full-time job as well um, mm -hmm. what, what was that like for you it, it was a little overwhelming at first but you get used to it um, I think it was just the amount of people that were trying to get a hold of you on either social media or your phone or your email my friends were calling me saying that people were trying to get in touch with or go through them to get in touch with one of us. So I think that was the part of just having so much contact and having to be on the go. Like we hardly slept. I don't even know. I think it was the second week after all of this, when we actually got to have a day where we slept in and just kind of postponed everything that was going on and had a little time to ourselves and like each other. It was really hard. But she had to, she had to quit her job. She just, I don't think she worked after, after I that game because know. she was just so busy and I couldn't do it. And, and she's great at that. So she got the book out and getting everything going for me. It was perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's all good. Um, what did you think when New Zealand called and went, Hey, can we do a podcast? How cool is that? That's the first yeah. thing I said. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, I, I was loving it. You know, obviously the story traveled around the world and got as far as you. And then a couple of my buddies that played hockey in Europe 
messaging me the next morning and they said, you're on the news. So it's kind of neat that the whole story went all the way around the world. Yeah, and I'll tell you how big it is to give you some idea, and this will put it into perspective for you. When Gordie Howe died, it made the news for about five seconds and me and a couple of other ice hockey nuts put up on our Facebook posts. Wow. I had about, probably out of my 600 Facebook friends, I probably had about 15 to 20 say, who's this guy? What has he done? But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. So you're known as the hockey guy, the hockey guy in New Zealand. So there you go. Um, That's good. Now, you're, yeah, yeah. your mum gave you a, a gift greater than making the ice in the NHL. Um, and how nice has it been to raise awareness for the Kidney Foundation by your shirt? Oh, that was amazing. They came to me right away and uh, they said, we're going to make shirts with your name on it. And the first thing I said was, well, can we donate a portion to a Kidney Foundation? And they looked at me and they're like, are you serious? I said, yeah, you know, if it wasn't for a kidney transplant, I wouldn't be here. So uh, that's the least I could do was donate some proceeds from that T-shirt to the Kidney Foundation in the, in the States and uh, help out up here as well. So I was, uh, that was the first thing that crossed my mind. Yeah, when I get to Canada and I get my ear shirt, I promise you I'll send you a photo as well, all right? It's just the 80 bucks postage to New Zealand was like, holy heck. But good to yeah, see you not- yeah, you are still <laughs> one of the hot deals in the uh, Carolina Pro Shop. I checked last night, and it's still one of the best sellers. So that's full. They're, uh, they're, they're gonna, I think they're going to start selling it in uh, NHL.com, from what I hear. I don't know, but oh, right. uh, so it might be a little easier going through NHL.com than straight through Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Well, too late. I've already ordered it, and it's sitting in Calgary waiting for me, so that's all good. Along with my hurricane <laughs> tent as well. Um, is 90, and this is a fan's question, is 90 an e-bugs number in the NHL? Because Jason Foster I, wore it, didn't he? Yeah, Scott Foster wore it, um, and I can't even remember. I had a couple of the shirts. I think one of them, when I backed up for uh, Chicago last year, it was like number 76 or something like that. I didn't put the shirt on. It was just sitting there. But 90, maybe. Maybe it's like if, you get, uh, if you're an emergency goalie and they throw a 90 sweater, you're ready to go in. Cause it's yeah, 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 it's all hands on deck. Um, so I understand if you can't say anything to these questions, uh, you can nod or just go, no comment. Uh, but are we going to see a book? Um, we talked about the book, but we're not exactly sure right now. Okay. Are you going to maybe do a book for kids? I've had a lot of people ask about a book for kids. That was a, that's the big thing. I think that for me, that'd be awesome. Um, I, I know a couple of people have approached me for doing books and books for kids. So, uh, nothing in the works, but I'd love to do it. Awesome. That's awesome stuff. Uh, we got a movie on the way. Definitely a movie on the way. Nice. Uh, that, that's in the works. Uh, how pumped are you guys about that? That's got to be pretty awesome. That's, it's very surreal. Um, I don't think it hit us until we had to go and talk to a bunch of producers and directors and that. Um, and I think that's when it got very real as to who we were going to go with. That was, okay. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We settled with uh, Fullwell73, which is James Corden and his crew. crew so uh, I'm sure they'll do a great job. Promise me one thing. You have to get a cameo. This is for you, Dave. You've got to get a cameo as the Zamboni driver at the rink. All right. I said, I, I said uh, they asked me how much I wanted to be involved in the movie uh, process. And I said, well, as long as I can get in the movie at some point, right? And if I can drive the Zamboni or I can just, you know, let a couple goals in, I'll be in the movie. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, maybe you want to play forward and score a couple of goals for the league. <laughs> yeah, on myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all good. Yeah. Um, so... You guys are sitting in section 317, or standing, I should say, and you're eating a Reuben, and for a lot of it, this will give you some idea of the cultural differences. A Reuben's a sandwich, Kiwis, if you're listening. All right. Um, 
and Rima gets injured and you get the text. Sarah, I've seen some interviews with you basically going, blah, 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 you know, this happens all the time. And he sort of disappeared and I thought, yeah, okay. What were you thinking, David? Were you thinking this is it or? Yeah. You know what? The first goal he got hurt and I actually sent a text message to the Leafs management guy who takes care of the whole situation. And I said, oh, Reimer went down. And he, and he turned back and said, yeah, stay tuned. So, uh, like you said, I was used to it. That was the third time this year that something happened. So I was kind of ahead of the game at that point. <laughs> He's limbering up in the stands. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so then Maserick goes down and you are obviously, you're already in the media room when that happens, eh? Yeah, there's a little room that's kind of attached to the visiting room. It's just they kind of have the media and the office officials in there. And I was already half-dressed, somewhat watching it on my phone. And then uh, at the time when the guy went down and I was supposed to go in, I actually wasn't watching the game. I didn't even see him get hit. I didn't know that it happened. And then uh, next thing you know, people are text messaging me, get in there, get in there, you're going to do great. And I was like, what are you talking about? I had no idea. That's awesome. Now, before we go any further, what's the one question you both hate the most about the game? Or the one that you hear... So often you now just go, oh, you know what? Blah, blah, blah. Answer. I would say, uh, how did it feel to beat the Leafs? It was probably the question that I get the most. Yeah. And that's the part that kind of, I don't know, it's hard to answer, really. I think. Sarah, what is it? I think you? if someone asks me how it feels to beat the Leafs, well, you know, it's like, I, they make it sound like I was the only one on the ice, which. Wasn't the case, wow. right? So, I'll read you out a tweet. I'm going to read you out a tweet from my buddy who worked for the Toronto Police Service, who was at the game when when I told him I got you guys for a podcast. He's like, read this tweet out to them, please. And I'm like, dude, I only get like 40 minutes, and I'm like, but I will because it's awesome, and I think you need to hear it. It's like a cool perspective from somebody up in the stand. Sarah, what's the one question you not hate, but the question that you just go, oh, roll your eyes at again? Here it comes. Uh, I think it was just what was I feeling at the time because everybody's asked it and the day after it all happened we had a bunch of reporters met us at the rink for practice because Dave had practice with a couple of the guys and I must have been asked it about 20 times and it's just what's that that whole feeling like and I understand it and I understand why people want to know but it's just one of those things that yeah it's almost like you want to move on from the situation yeah. it was the coolest thing but we kind of want to focus as much as possible on the kidney side of things and, and that yeah, I'm going to let you guys into a tip, and Sarah, I'll send you an email afterwards, but there was a really famous all-back rugby player called Jonah Lomu who received mm-hmm. the kidney transplant. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's an amazing story. You guys should have a look at it because it's really, really inspiring, really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go down that tunnel, and I know because I've seen the interviews, you said the kind of the thing that you were worried the most about was falling flat on your face on the ice. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know why? Because uh, I did an outdoor three-on-three game with the Leafs uh, in January, and I stepped on the ice. So we walked all the way from the rink to this this room. We went to the uh, we took the subway and I had skate cards on. And by the time I got there, after about an hour, I forgot to take my skate cards off, and I fell as soon as I got on the ice. Luckily, no one had it on videotape. So as soon as I walked out onto the ice during the game, it was the first thing that flashed through my mind is "Don't fall, don't fall." And then as soon as I skated once, I was good. Uh, anybody can ice skate gets my admiration anyway because I'm hopeless. I'm like a duck <laughs> on a frozen pond and it's just, yeah, I may as well just scoot around on my bum. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> so D- Dave hits the ice, the Canes are 3-1 up, then it's 4-1 up, and then the next two shots go screaming past. Sarah, at that stage, are you thinking that you've made a grave mistake telling the guy next to you that you don't know that that's your husband and goal? 
<laughs> oh, you thinking? Oh, hang on, he's got this. Well, the guys, the guys beside me were making fun the whole time, and they were they were happy. They were Leaf fans, so they were over the moon that he was letting the goals in, and they kept apologizing to me for it. Um, I was I was calm though. I knew he needed to get one in. Um, I just wanted him to get back to the the dressing room in for the intermission, and that and just calm himself down because he's that guy that as soon as he calms himself down, nothing phases him at all. So it was just I was more so hoping for the period to get over and done with so he could have that time. Yeah, and now David goaltender to goaltender, although different codes, and your game is a lot better than field hockey. I always tell the field hockey guys that, and they get. Up <laughs> um, I've got a theory that we reset quicker than a lot of people in most sports positions, just purely because you see the um, the ball or the putt go into the back of the net so many times at practice. You're like, yeah, whatever. When that, when those first two shots went past you were obviously quite quick to reset and you thought if I get the period over and done with, I'm good. Um, do you think it was because of anything? Do you think it was because the fact you didn't get a warm up, or did you lose your confidence? You just think, nah. No, I didn't. I, the first shot I just overplayed and he put it back kind of the opposite way and through my legs and, and through a screen. So it wasn't the easiest first shot to deal with. That's for sure. And it's Tavares, one of the best players in the world. So, um, you know, the second one goes in, wasn't my fault, it went off a shin pad right onto the guy's tape, and I wasn't too far away from getting it. But at that point, you just I just looked at my up the, up the screen and I said, Come on, man, you know what you're doing. Like, you know, let's do this. Yeah. And then you have to kind of psych yourself up. And I'm sure you know, as a goalie, uh, like you said, a lot of the goals have been scored on you in the past, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You just worry about the next one. And that's what that was my mindset. Just don't let them get another one, get your head in the game, and let's go. So that was my, that was my mindset for the whole thing. How do you track the puck? Because I went and stood behind Mike Smith when I was in Calgary a couple of years ago. And Tachuk and Bennett were taking shots at him. And my buddy says, you fancy yourself and your reflexes? Put your hand up. And he says, I'll see if we can get one of the guys to hit it. I didn't even see the puck coming. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I just hear the tink off the glass. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, too late. It's already gone. How do you track it? Yeah. Do you think it's just experience? or? Yeah, definitely experience. And um you get as a goalie on, on on the ice. You get zoned in on the puck. Like nothing, you don't look at anything else. You, you try and just look at that puck and look at the angle, and you kind of can read the blade of the stick a little bit on the angle of the shot. So you kind of know if it's going up or staying along the ice. Uh, but yeah, they come in a hurry. Those guys shoot it. Uh, most of the guys just a snapshot now, or between eighty and eighty-five miles an hour. So okay. uh, they can fire the puck. So you just gotta be quick. Yeah, plenty of bruises when you get home, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. And then the third period starts, and after Roma tells you, have fun with us because this is your game in the intermission, you kind of settle down and you get down to business. Was it him? Because I've heard that uh, in some of the interviews I read, I read that Eric Halula gave you some advice as well. Was everybody giving you advice? You're just trying to filter it out, or you're just like, just let me get through this? Yeah, I think the guys were just, they were good at. Uh, just letting me, they knew that it's not obviously not my full-time job, I'm not a full-time NHL goalie, but they knew that I had practiced and, and backed up a little bit. So they knew I was ready for the shots, but nothing, nothing will get you ready for a game and having 20,000 people go absolutely nuts when yeah. you get in there. And I've been on that ice many times practicing with uh, the Leafs and the Marlies. So I'm used to the lighting. I'm used to the shots. You're just not used to the fans. So that's why they said, just don't worry about it. Just try and block everything else out, have fun, just enjoy it. Right. So, and that's what I did. I just kind of, Trying to zone everybody out. Yeah, you can see the smile under the grill. I've watched that game countless times, and you can see the smile under the grill. You've got a copy of that on your DVR at home, haven't you, that game? 
You know what the best part about that was? is uh, I didn't even realize how much I was smiling through that game, but I was having fun. Like The puck almost went in the net, and I had to step back onto it, and I was just laughing and, and having fun with it because that's what you do in practice, and that's yeah. what you know, right? So uh, that's I just brought that out to the game, I guess. Uh, that's all good. Um, Sierra, are you and the kids sick of hearing this story? Uh. <laughs> it depends what how the day is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know that you take, uh, as you as we say in New Zealand, you take the piss out of Dave sometimes for the professional athlete line every now and then. But Dave, yes. on the other hand, one goaltender to another, I'd like to congratulate you on being the Copacino podcast first North American slash American uh, professional athlete ever to appear on the podcast. So well done, you, sir. All right, oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is it true that you had a leaf shirt on underneath your Canes jersey? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, uh, so all the stuff that I wear underneath my equipment is all leaf stuff. So I had a Leafs t-shirt, uh, similar to this one, was just was a leaf shirt underneath. And then when I went for the interview after the game, they're like, hey, can you uh, throw the shirt on instead? <laughs> so it was good. And they made me cover up, obviously, uh, my pants. They just put a shell over top, a red shell over top. So they wanted to get rid of as much leaf stuff as they could. And have you got plenty of hurricane stuff now? Oh, yeah. When yeah, I went yeah, down to New York and Carolina, they gave me a bunch of stuff, so that was oh, awesome. That's good, right. So I'm going to read you this tweet from my buddy Martin at Toronto Police because got both of you guys need to hear this. Did you ever get the feeling that all the fans were cheering for you because they were? The Leaf fans were disgruntled anyway, but during the changeover via social media and word of mouth, this story, local boy, a Zamboni driver, goes all around the rink. And there's a huge buzz that went complete around the rink. And I can tell you, we all seemed to cheer every save and we were cheering for him, except for the odd Sportsport Leaf fans who were the worst, but hey, look, you get that with every team. He was instantly everybody's hero and we all just wanted him to do really well, especially that night because there was nothing to cheer about with the Leafs' performance. Tell him we're all very proud of him and glad the Hurricanes treated him so well because they were all class. Ask him if you've got any plans to do charity work and he says the Toronto Police would love to have you on board for November, just FYI, all right? Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Hey. You know what? I have a lot of friends that uh, that work for Toronto Police. So the uh, Toronto Police and Durham Police. And I was actually in that. They have a hockey tournament, police tournament. And I was in that for, for Durham probably 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Toronto Police, I love to go and play with those guys. I know oh, a bunch yeah, of yeah. guys. Are playing. Yeah, and the Toronto Police have a challenge against the New Zealand Police to see you can grow the best Moes as well. So, And I'm the team uh -oh. captain for New Zealand, so game on. <laughs> <laughs> And if it's not ginger, you're not winning. That's all I'm saying. Um, so you get the first star. Your stick goes in the Hall of Fame. You're on the Today Show. Uh, you uh, cry in front of everybody. That's a great thing, by the way, as well. That's awesome. Uh, because your mum says that you did really well and she's made you proud. Um, does life get any better than doing Colbert, the Today Show, going to rally, saying the mayor proclaims Tuesday as David Ears Day, and then... Um, because you'd never been to Carolina before, had you? Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And then even the upper deck come out with a card and say, hey, yeah, because I saw the pictures of you signing all of them. Yeah. yeah. And yet your signature does change, I know from experience. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, best of all, like, you know, like we've spoken about before, that shirt raises thousands of dollars for the Kidney Foundation, and it looks like it's going to raise more money as well. How well did you guys sleep during that week? You look like you were holding it together in Carolina. You look really good, but yeah. There, there was a picture of me during the green shirt day. I think we were in Calgary early in the morning, 
and uh, I looked like I got hit by a truck. I don't think I slept in my own bed for what almost two weeks. Maybe slept like one or two nights in bed. We were all over the place, but uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, traveling all over the place, seeing places that you haven't been to before, and meeting a lot of cool people that you've never met before. That was, uh, I think, that was my my favorite part of it. It was great. Uh, that's awesome, Sarah. How well did you get on in that week? Um, well, we had a little hiccup where I didn't have my passport in order, even though Dave was bugging me for about two months beforehand to get it ready, just in case something happened. Maybe six. Yeah, yes. maybe. So I was, I was rushing. He was it Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night, I drove him to the airport to go to New York and I was a ball of tears. I was a mess because he was going and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get out to Carolina. Luckily, the passport office here in Toronto was amazing, and they got it ready for me in five hours. And I hopped on a flight that night and met him out there. His flight arrived about half an hour into Carolina after mine did. So um, it was it was hard because the next day he had gone 26, I think, interviews the, the Monday. Yeah, at North, in uh, New York City, did 26 interviews. So yeah. I, was, I was tired. And I think there was around 19 on the Tuesday before all the festivities, he had to do an autograph signing and um, a bunch of other things. Met the GM of Carolina. There was some pretty, pretty like really neat things. Got to see all the players again and that. And um, that part was really, really neat. And I think you don't really get to internalize what's gone on until weeks afterwards. So it, yeah. it was tough, but it was an awful lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And again, um, just off completely off the, the, the track, but. I've got the David Ayers putt coming. It's, again, that's up in Canada, all signed up. So you'll go next to my favourite goaltender, which is Cam Talbot from the Flames. Slash the oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll send you a picture one day. You're almost there, okay? Yes, um, yes. Um, questions from the people in New Zealand. The first question is this. I tell you, this is pure Kiwis at their best. How hard is it to drive a Zamboni and get the perfect sheet of ice? We, I, I, maybe we've got maybe two, two in the country. Yeah, 16 years uh, I drove for all I did NHL games I did American Hockey League games and I've done all the way down to the small ranks no matter what rank you're at if you're a Zamboni driver and you're a perfectionist like I am it's, uh, it's one thing that you want to make sure that the sheet of ice looks amazing after every single time you're on there so uh, it takes a, takes a little bit but I'm a perfectionist so I make sure it happens nice good work Sarah have you ever had a go on the Zamboni or not? Yeah. yeah, he actually, in the, for the AHL, so the minor hockey, uh, the Leafs farm team, he got me out on the ice and, and was teaching me how to do it. And yeah, it, it, that to, was a rough go. I, I almost <laughs> had to wear my hockey equipment on the back of that thing. What, what are those gouge marks in the ice? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, like, it's like watching her drive a truck. Same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you, playing. It's all good. Um, so, David, question. Uh, what's your advice for people when their moment comes, when their moment or the call-up happens, what's your advice? Wow. Uh, make the best of it, you know, uh, no matter what it is, uh, whether it's sports or not. If it's something that you're passionate about and all of a sudden you get the chance, definitely make the best of it. Soak it all in. I know it's hard at the time, but uh, give it everything you got. You made it there for a reason. So yeah. uh, just do what you can. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, I know that uh, people – had this like this vision of you just coming out of the stands with you sort of wiping your mouth and throwing the Reuben in the bin, but you've been practicing <laughs> for years and you know it's it's no fluke. I mean, I right. can't get up at the leap. Well, 
I can't turn up at the Leafs and sort of say, hey, I want to be an e-bug, because um, that'd be hopeless. But yeah, I, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, question for you, both. And you can't say the Leafs because you're biased. Who wins the Stanley Cup in 2020 with that new, new format? I said Pittsburgh. I got asked that question yesterday, and I said Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's dangerous. They've got a lot of players that have won the Stanley Cup, and I, I think they're a team to look out for. Yeah. Sarah? Um, I, I'm going with the Leafs no matter what. I can't ever, I can't ever say anything against yeah. them like that. So they're always my team. That's all right. I feel your pain. As a Flames fan, I feel your pain. It's like, yeah, yep. every year since <laughs> 89, it's like, you're gone. Okay. Um, the best player, and this is for you both, in the NHL is who? Wow. Uh, Connor McDavid's probably the best player all around. Uh, if you're looking for a shot, Austin Matthews is probably your guy. That guy can shoot from anywhere. So, uh, But I'd say McDavid right now. Yeah. Sarah? Yeah, I'd go with McDavid. But um, with being a Leafs fan, Zach Hyman's my favorite player on the Leafs. And he's just – he's an all-around. He's a fantastic player. He's He's gritty and – and he gets the job done. So if I'm if I'm honing in on something, then it's it's that kind of yeah, one super guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, why you, David? When you were a kid, you supported the Bruins, didn't you? Yeah, I uh, actually uh, Avery still has a shirt somewhere. Actually, our daughter was wearing the shirt the other day. I have a, an Andy Moog T-shirt still with the Bruins helmet and everything on it. Uh, probably from when I was about ten. So. That's how I grew up. My brother and my dad were Leafs fans, and I had to do something different, and Andy Moog was my favorite goalie, and he was on the Bruins. That's unbelievable. I think the reason I support the Flames was 89 was the first year that we had the NHL highlights package on sports, and it was really one of those things of, we've got, no, we've got, we've got to fill in some time on the sports show. Let's put in a half-an-hour package. And I saw Mike Vernon and thought, man, this guy's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, obviously, Sarah, you're going to be biased, so I don't want you to say David is, but who is the best goaltender in the NHL? And, David, you get the same question. Um, I'm going with Flurry. I, I love him. I think he's awesome. And he's the same like Dave. He's always got a smile on his face and that. So he's, I'd say he's one of the best. He's one of the top ones. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Flurry, for years and years, has been such a great guy. So athletic. Uh, and he just loves the game. He's so happy. But playing with Freddie Anderson, that guy is so smooth and so technically sound that uh, he's definitely a runner-up. Uh, awesome. And that was that. Although I do have one more question to ask, and that's this. We always do a thing at the end of the podcast. We, we have this kind of strange thing where we say, now you're lying in your coffin at your service, but you can hear what everybody else is saying about you. What would you want people to say about David Ayers if you were lying there? Wow, uh, that he was a, a good guy, loved life, and uh, loved playing hockey. Uh, and you know they're going to show highlights at your, at your service as well, so you're all good. And Sarah, <laughs> yeah, what sure. about you? Because you, you know they're going to read out your tweet. You, uh, read out your I'm, tweet fine just ha- I'm fine with just having my tweet read out because it pretty much sums me up as a person <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, thank you very much for your time. Uh, most importantly, thank you for being real human beings. Uh, that was... The great thing I found out about this whole story, like Sarah, I know you and I have spoken on Twitter and everything else. And David, feel free to talk to me on Instagram as well. All right, we'll drum up the Kiwis here for you, get those numbers up. All right. Yes, Um, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I look forward to having a drink with you in Toronto when I'm up there next year. Until then, stay nice and safe and um, stay COVID free as well, eh, guys? 
Absolutely. You too. And thanks for having us. No worries. My absolute pleasure. Take it easy, eh? Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss his next podcast.